You're listening to Girls Gone Wild. This is Joy. And it's Claire. This is episode 167. This week we have Matt Scanlon on the show from 321 Go Project. So we did it a little bit different. And we did a little podcast inception where he's going to be releasing the episode on his podcast next week. And then we're releasing it today, obviously. And so we decided to do kind of like a little double interview. So I hope you guys like it. Yeah, it's like it was really cool. We actually kind of talk about ourselves a lot more than we usually do on our own episodes, which I mean, in a different way, I guess, which is kind of fun and yeah. we get to hear about his whole story so yeah and he's a really cool guy I yeah you know we meet a lot of people doing this podcast and he's one of those guys we're instantly talking to him we're obviously not face to face and I'm like I would be friends with this dude he's really cool so we hope you guys like this episode this episode is sponsored by Kalo the makers of the silicone wedding rings you guys can support the podcast by supporting Kalo that's Q-A-L-O dot com they have all fabulous colors make your uh, gym BFF official get one for your spouse it's wedding season there's like always a good reason to buy a kayla ring so you can always use the <laughs> discount code is ggw what's again your, what's your color of choice right now joy what are you um, wearing that uh i kind of have a sw- okay so can i just tell you a quick story too about jesse gubbins our our uh, crossfit bff one of the many that we have through this podcast but the only is one she and dubai, sandy notably. the only yeah dubai girl hi jesse she when we worked out in austin she had on a kayla ring but it looked different and i was like how is that it just looked i don't know how to explain it it looked a little bit bigger but i was like what kind of style is that like does she have two on and at closer and she's like oh this is a new hack you get the male version and it's like a chunky ring oh my gosh (laughs) and sandy does the same thing because i was like your rings look amazing because i have Fairly large hands for a girl, so sometimes the... man shoulders. <laughs> At least you can wear halters. I have man shoulders. My nail beds suck. <laughs> so the male version, the male rings look really fabulous on ladies' hands, by the way, if you have larger hands, and I have very large hands. So. Yeah, or if you're like me and you have infant hands, it would like <laughs> just, it would, I wouldn't be able to bend my finger. <laughs> it looks pretty cool. So I have a male... Kayla ring that I've been wearing and I've what been kind of just digging that look right now just a black one nice yeah so you guys again thank you for supporting the podcast by supporting our sponsors and that's qalo.com the discount code ggw let's it. them know we sent you thank you guys and we hope you enjoy this interview we just had such a blast talking with Matt and having a little podcast in- inception we have so many fun things going on right now with tons of interviews coming up so we're super excited and we just launched our first news letter this week so claire where can they go find that if you aren't on the list then you missed out sorry (laughs) there's no going back find a buddy to have it forwarded to you Mm -hmm. but make sure that you don't miss out again in october and you can go to girlsgonewildpodcast.com forward slash newsletter to sign up and it's super fun we've had awesome feedback so if you want to get in on the october issue that'll come out in the second tuesday of every month is when we're releasing them so get signed up and there's a lot of really good little nuggets in there There i mean i was looking at it and i was like this really is like a secret society like so you really want to get in on the newsletter because it has some more fun join claire things to add to your life all right so here we go on to the interview okay really yeah (laughs) we had a lot of warm-up time let's just oh shit i already forgot the intro that i was gonna talk (laughs) you had a great intro you had a great (laughs) intro. i think i was trying to flatter you both you know it worked matt it worked yeah i felt very flattered let's just let's back this thing up albeit through all of these technical difficulties you two have been a delight Oh, well, we try to make things light and funny, even though we're screaming on the inside. 
the listeners probably do not know, but we're about a half hour of technical difficulties in by the time we're actually getting to talking about something. So we're all, we've already bonded through some difficulties. We're BFFs now. We've been in the crucible of, of technology and, and we're out. But what I was saying before, ladies, is I'm a huge fan of your show because I own a gym. I love the idea that people are listening to the conversations that you have and that people are having them. Which, as a gym owner, I feel like we never get that immediate feedback. So I'll say this. I always tune in to hear you uh, for that reason alone. That's so nice, Matt. Thank you. We, I think Claire and I started this podcast for that reason, is that we felt, I mean, we love podcasts to begin with, but that we felt that there wasn't, there wasn't really a voice, especially for women to have these conversations. And we just really wanted to keep it light and fun. And there's so many podcasts that exist that are wonderful, but they talk so much technical talk. And we just want to have fun. And we want to bond and we want to create this community. And that's so much of what CrossFit is about. Well, and like, do you remember Joy, like when you very first started CrossFit, and you were like, all I want to do is talk about CrossFit. I just like want to eat and sleep and breathe CrossFit. And I'm thinking about it all the time. And like, all my friends have abandoned me. <laughs> that this kind of also happened because of that feeling. Yeah, because like, <laughs> yeah, because you get so you get so wrapped up in that world that uh, who did we have on recently that I think it was uh, Z from Barbells yes. for Boobs. And she's like, you know how the, so many people start CrossFit and then all your friends kind of fade away that don't do CrossFit and you kind of start to get a little lonely or at least you just seek friends who want to talk about this. And I feel like that's, uh, that is true, but it wasn't realistic for my life. I mean, my husband does not do CrossFit. A lot of my friends do not do CrossFit. So it's, it's finding that balance too of like, I really want to geek out, but I don't want to drive everyone in my life crazy. So this is where we do it. <laughs> you know, and I think that your your tribe, I think, reflects that sort of awesome, like, cohesiveness that you two have developed, you know, both with each other and, and the things that you're saying. I, that, I think that goes without saying, I know. But thinking back, so I, I want to talk about when you first started the podcast. Have you listened back to that first episode? I will not. <laughs> I, yeah, but it so hangs out. Reason? Yeah. That Joy won't listen is a very different reason than when I will listen. Mm -hmm. Joy is like afraid of bad sound quality. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I just can't even imagine Joy, you going back and listening to that and like the grimace on no, your face. I can't. I won't go back. And I know <laughs> it's hanging out in the internet and I know it's hanging out there and people will tell us all the time that they went back and listened for, I mean, we could easily remove it, but I just like to have all of our content out there. But I refuse to listen. I cringe. And even probably the first 25, I wouldn't even go back to listen to. Yeah. How, what kind of setup did you have for recording that first one? <laughs> so, oh my gosh, I feel like you this didn't, was, yeah. We used GarageBand. Yeah. And we just clicked on GarageBand and opened it. And we just used like the built-in mic and the built-in speakers on my MacBook. Yeah. Which at the time... Did I even have a MacBook Pro or were we just using that like old white MacBook? I think we were using your old white MacBook. I remember I was From sitting. From 2009. Yeah, we were sitting in your old apartment on 32nd Street. On a futon. On a futon. We both had beers in koozies. Yeah. And we just decided to do it because was Luna in the room with us? I think Luna was there. Yeah, <laughs> she probably was. This is my dog. I just remember claire and i had been talking about it for so long we were really scared to start because we had no idea how to do it and then we just started clicking around on uh, GarageBand one day and, and realized like, that GarageBand has just an had like a button a that you could just start recording it's crazy. I, I have this i have this picture right now of each of you hovering over uh 
the the MacBook from Sex and the City. You know, like the, <laughs> that old one that like Carrie was yes. always banging around and hovering over the speakers. Is that about what it was like? Oh, pretty that is much. Exactly. Only with significantly less fashion. Less fashion, <laughs> less cocktails. And like a way more disgusting futon. Yeah. yeah. I was wearing and, like CrossFit clothes and a headband. And... I think my apartment didn't even have air conditioning. No. And it was like yeah. the, in the middle of June. <laughs> so hot. It was really hot. You're taking uh, us back, Matt. Like this uh, is way back. <laughs> I'm trying. So Joy, you won't listen to that first one because of audio quality. Claire, why will you not listen to that first one? I don't know. I just <laughs> have to really like... I don't have time. <laughs> it's a really <laughs> big part of it. Uh, I think Claire's so Claire's so much different than I am because I will go back and listen to almost every episode just to check the sound. And Claire's like, "Meh, how'd it go? Good, great." You know, it's, I almost but, never listen. To yeah, she almost episodes. never listens to our shows, and it's more of of just like, "Meh, we did it. It's done." Where I'm out there in the world, there's yeah. nothing I can do about it now. Right. Yeah. So, so at what point during the show? Did you feel some like hesitation or kind of feel something when you published it? Like when you first hosted it and it was on iTunes, when did you first like feel nervous? Like, oh my God, people will actually hear this. Well, I think I still don't feel that way because I still don't believe that people are actually listening. (laughs) (laughs) I think the other thing too that is that Joy and I both had blogs before Mm. this, and I had a blog that was getting like maybe 10 to 20,000 views a day. So it, you know, like my, I, and I've kept a blog since high school. So I'm very used to the idea of like people being able to know my personal details. So I guess that there have been certain episodes where I've been like, Oh my God, I can't believe like we did an episode once about like sex drive that afterwards I was like, Oh my God, I can't believe that this is going to be out in the world. I really did an episode when I talked about postpartum depression afterwards. I was like, Oh my God, so sometimes when there's like specific kind of sensitive content, I get that sort of vulnerability hangover. But I don't think I've ever been like, oh, so many people are going to hear this because deep down in my soul, I still don't believe that anybody actually yeah. I'm the same way. And even when we look at stats, we have a little stat catcher and I'll look at it some days and I'm like, no, nah, that's fa- that's not real. It's fake. <laughs> and <laughs> Like some kid at my- Bangalore is just like yes. frantically <laughs> no. downloading the... And totally. I- some kid in Bangalore, it's like my mom <laughs> posing as some kid in Bangalore. Yeah. <laughs> but I swear, like the first episode, I just remember putting it up and we were like, well, our moms are going to listen to this and maybe Brandon, like my husband still doesn't listen to the podcast. But... No, Brandon doesn't really listen either. Yeah. Say, I think, there are people out there who I have never met and will never meet who know more about me than my own husband. Yeah, that's very true. That's very true. <laughs> But we always talk about this, though. It makes it awesome when you meet someone who's a listener and you're like, you know everything about me. I don't have to catch you up at all. We can just hit the ground running right yeah. now. It's very fantastic. So, Matt, let's shift the spotlight for a second. Yeah. Matt is the founder? No, I am not. I'm a part of the leadership team at 321Go Project. Leadership. So I, uh, I I own a gym here in Kansas City as well. And a, a little over two years ago, I came on with 321Go just kind of helping out other gym owners run their business and, yeah, so and do some marketing. Yeah, so explain a little bit about 321Go. Yeah, absolutely. So 321Go was founded five years ago uh, in Park City, Utah. Uh, Chris, Chris Spieler obviously opened up his affiliate there, uh, CrossFit Park City. And he was traveling around the world doing these level one weekends, these level one seminars. And he came back and, and talked with Clay Weldon, the, the founder of 321Go. And he was like, man, these, 
these gyms, they they really don't know how to market. They don't really have a brand. They need some serious assistance in this front. Um, you know, it's like classic e-myth type stuff. You know, people start a business because they love uh, the product, not necessarily knowing how to run a business. So, um, you know, Clay started doing some websites and branding and logos for some gyms. And, and it's just kind of been that uh, constant progression ever since. You talked about being a gym owner. Tell us a little bit about your gym. Yeah, so uh, I've got a gym in Kansas City. It's uh, We have a CrossFit affiliate. We also have a, a personal training business as well. And actually, really exciting thing on that front is tonight, uh, we just launched a, uh, a CrossFit program for cancer survivors. Yeah, so this is something that's really been in the works at my gym for a long time. And, and tonight was kind of like the first, uh, like the first official night of it. It was awesome. Okay, I really want to hear about that. Mm. How, what's different about programming for cancer survivors than the average CrossFit program? Uh, honestly, nothing. Um, it's, I was about to say. Yeah, there's, there's nothing different. Uh, the unfortunate thing, I mean, honestly, in this industry, it, you almost have to tell people what they think they need and then show them what they actually do need. So really, all, all this program is, is it's, we're doing some research with the local university. That's why it's cancer-specific. Okay. But um, by, by putting survivors in the same room in a dedicated class together and just kind of allowing space for that shared experience, um, we're able to show them CrossFit in a way that makes them feel a little bit more comfortable. Uh, and, and it's a tough thing because anybody that starts any fitness or, or CrossFit or even walks into a gym, they're freaked out. And then you add this idea of like that you identify as a cancer survivor or maybe you're coming out of chemo add that on top of it, and it just kind of compounds the, these sort of reasons to freak out by the experience. So, you know, we, we shut down the gym for 45 minutes, and it's their space. It's their space to talk, to work out, move, and kind of enjoy themselves. What gave you that idea? Well, I mean, I think everybody's been touched by cancer, uh, beyond a shadow of a doubt. I've, I've had just numerous family members die or go through chemo. And I, my, in my previous life, I, I worked in healthcare management, and so I worked a lot in the long-term healthcare system, and I just kind of saw uh, when somebody got a diagnosis and went through treatment, and then they come out on the other side of that, the, their body is just completely ravaged, mm-hmm. and the quality of life is horrendous. Uh, when, you know, when you've been ravaged through chemo and, and radiation and different treatments, and, and, then I, and then I've always had this sort of like love of fitness and I realized that, that that bridge is pretty easy to build. You know, eating reasonably and moving can really undo a lot of these effects. And not to mention like the confidence, like regaining confidence in your body totally. after it's been destroyed is huge. So then with 321 Go Project, you're doing a lot to help gyms grow their community, do their marketing, put events together. Is it all of, all of that and then some? And then of course you have this podcast. Correct. Yeah. So the podcast is something... Uh, that I started a, a couple years ago, uh, just because I always loved the medium. I produce another podcast that started in my gym, and now I, you know, now it's kind of morphed into, you know, sort of a non-gym, more like health and fitness sort of sciencey podcast. But then I kind of brought one over to to Three Two One Go Project, just because when I clean my floors, like you know, I first opened my gym and I was scrubbing the floors. I would either put an audiobook or a podcast in. And, and so I think for a lot of gym owners, they're super busy. And the amount of like touch points that they need to have, like their presence, 
uh, is just needed at all times. And so I kind of wanted to like provide just a quick 30 or 40 minutes in their day where they can just sort of kind of learn, but sort of passively sit back and just kind of chill a little bit. Yeah, like something's being spoon-fed to them that's going to be helpful for their business, but they don't have to think too much about it. You've had some really amazing guests, too. And, and I think to that point, it's I think it's really cool. As gym owners, we look to like the celebrity gym owners as having arrived at where they are overnight, right? Like, and But to hear like Ben Bergeron say something like, dude, I was miserable with my life. My gym sucked. Like I was losing, you know, to like hear a guy like that speak so honestly about what it really means to be an entrepreneur, especially in this space, I think just kind of is motivating for a lot of gym owners. And I know a lot of what you wanted to talk about with this episode too is content. And what specifically do you think is important to talk about in terms of creating content? Honestly, like putting yourself out there. Yeah. I think that's the hardest thing is is ripping that band-aid off and getting in front of a 60-second Instagram video and for some reason that is such a huge hurdle for people to get over or just like a practice to adopt is is creating content, putting yourself out there, being vulnerable publicly. And and that's one of the reasons I reached out to both of you initially because I think this is a, an art that both of you have uh if come pretty damn close to perfecting. <laughs> you know, it's whoa, funny, like whoa. a second, whoa, whoa, <laughs> a second ago, or, you know, a minute ago when you were talking about like, you know, how do you, how did like, how did you overcome that sort of first moment? It is really funny to think that like people will, we get a lot of very impactful emails, anything from like, you know, it's just that moment that everybody has of like, oh my gosh, I thought I was the only one. And everything from like, I thought I was the only one who peed when I did double unders. I thought I was the only one who was afraid of being the slowest one in the wad all the way to, I thought I was the only one who was struggling with bulimia and didn't know what to do. You know, I think that for joining me, it's, it has never, we've never like tried to bring that out. But the fact that it does, is sort of like, whoa, they're actually, like you're saying, like it actually is really valuable to just sit there and just talk about the things that are important to you and be real for gym owners. I could see that being kind of scary because as a business owner, you want to be seen as somebody who knows what they're doing, who has their shit together every second of the day. You don't want your members to see you as somebody who is vulnerable or has a weakness. But I don't see one, I don't see that as mutually exclusive either. So I'm thinking, oh, of, no, you know, I agree. Like, like, but I think that people mistake that a lot as they have to have it all put together and they have to be really, you know, not serious, but I, I feel like if you can blend the worlds of being a very strong business minded person, but also be very real and very humble and very, you know, all those things that kind of make you um, someone that people want to come talk to, I think that's a really fine line to balance, uh, especially being a CrossFit gym owner. I don't own a CrossFit gym, but I can only imagine that like balancing all of those roles is going to be really difficult um, be because that's the hugest part of CrossFit is the community, right? And so you, you want to bring people into your gym that feel good and feel welcomed and et cetera, et cetera. But then you also have to kind of put your head down and do the business side um, and, and probably have some really hard conversations with members at times. So that's, I, I can see how that would be really, really difficult. But like Claire said, from the get-go, we've always just, I mean, something that's always drawn me to podcasts is the ones that are real live conversations where people are just not being too foofy and polished. <laughs> there's, there's a time and place for that. There's a t definite, the, there's the serials and there's the top 10 charts of like, 
beautifully produced podcast. And maybe we'll get there at some point. But right now, we really just love. <laughs> we, 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 you know, <laughs> we love having the the just, I don't know, the silly the shit, goofy shit show. <laughs> and that's just kind of, that's just us being us. And uh, we've said it a million times that if, you know, once it stops being fun, we're going to stop doing it. But that more or less is real because, you know, there's been times in my life where I'm like, gosh, I feel so alone. And the reason was I didn't feel like anyone that I was like too ashamed to talk about my shit, you know? I feel like I'm stalking now, but, uh, but Claire, correct me if I'm wrong. You are, you're in the process of looking for a new gym, right? Yes. Okay. So I, I wanted to kind of ask you a question related to, you know, ripping that bandaid off as the gym owner, like putting yourself out there, putting some content out there, like, you now looking for new gym, would you be attracted to like the gym where like there's a video of the owner or the coaches talking about why they love this place, the community they would like to build, the oh, workouts yeah. that they're doing? I think one of the things we love about the gym we're at right now, and frankly, one of the reasons we picked our original CrossFit gym was because I've talked about this before, but you know, the reason that we originally picked CrossFit J over, you know, any of the, we lived 10 minutes away from downtown Denver. There were 10 gyms, you know, that were in our area. And we picked CrossFit J because they had pictures on their Facebook of real people just struggling through workouts. And, you know, their messaging just was very like, Hey, we're just here to, you know, be real people. And it was like, okay. If, and it, it, I literally remember seeing pictures of people, doing some, you know, kettlebell workout and thinking like, Hey, if those people can do it, then I can probably do it. Versus seeing these like professional athlete shots at like front range CrossFit and being like, I can't go in that gym. Mm. And you know, with our current, the gym we're at right now, which is 5280, it's a similar kind of thing. They are, I mean, and they also have a little bit of an unfair advantage because both of the, or the owner and his wife, they're like other jobs that they're wedding photographers. So all of their photos are like amazing, mm. but <laughs> It's very much like they really try to focus on like that kind of average everyday experience. When I'm looking for a new gym, there are kind of two things I look for. I'm, I've been looking for. The first one is that their programming is not overly complicated, <laughs> but they're not trying to fit like a thousand things into an hour. But the second thing is that they represent their communities on all of their channels. Because what Joy was saying, you know, like community is the thing that sets CrossFit apart. We talk about this all the time. Anyone who does CrossFit, that's the first thing they'll say. Community set is what sets us apart. If your messaging and your imaging images and whatever else is not focused on your community, then that to me shows that you are a gym that is focused on the wrong thing. So can you think back? One thing that we always, when we talk with gym owners and we talk to them about their messaging, everybody always says, what is one thing that sets you apart? And everybody says community. I, I want you guys to maybe think back sort of like before CrossFit. Did you have a, a perception of what community meant before you were a part of one? Like in terms of fitness, not really. I think we you always find something to fall into, at least for me. I grew up... Uh, be doing dance and being a part of a, a dance tribe or doing the cheerleading and then I got into running and then you find your running tribe and how you're doing races and marathons like you always kind of find your thing but not to this level I mean not since college where you're kind of forced into those like if you play professional sports or play college sports or whatever 
um, we have a lot of people that are firefighters and military. Obviously, that's kind of where it started is like the brotherhood is really tra- what transferred over and transferred over into CrossFit, but like, not even close to the level that we experience it now, I would say. Yeah, I don't think that I would have called it out using the word community. I yeah. think I was looking for it, but I don't think that I would have called it that. And I think that's where most gym owners struggle is that they're so involved in community that they use the same language that they use with their tribe, with people that have no idea what the hell they're talking about. From your perspective, you know, is there? Do you have any suggestions on ways that the gym owner could potentially have a conversation or show community without using this language? My my opinion is that the gym owner has to cultivate that, and that is something that they set the tone for, almost like it's the third human in their in their business model so or like a you know a co-owner if you will is that what do they want to create and how do they want the vibe to be when someone walks through their door so i i think it's a lot i think it's one of those things where people it takes people a lot of time some people are probably really shy and they're never really going to open up but at least they can come in and do their workout and feel comfortable there I don't, I don't know if that's something it's like, it's almost like a personality. Like you can't teach someone how to have a personality. They just have it, you know? No. Yeah. That makes complete sense. So what then was the initial thing that drew you in when you first started? So for me, when I started CrossFit is I, (laughs) I started with, with a bunch of buddies at my old job and they started CrossFit in like 2006 in New York city with like the old school garage gym. And they moved to Colorado and, you know, I met them through my job. And so we were doing CrossFit workouts after work. And I, that's how I got into it outside of a box. And then, of course, that was like my first community. Thinking back was like I met a lot of great friends at work that I we were all from different departments and I would have never hung out with them had I had we not found each other that we all kind of just figured out we all liked fitness and then we all started doing workouts after work, right? So that's kind of a cool thing is like it wasn't even in a CrossFit box, but it was through CrossFit. And then, and then one of the buddies at work said, you know, you're really advancing. We don't have any equipment here to do more. I mean, we had like a one bar. I mean, we had nothing. We just did mostly body weight stuff. I think the the pull up bar was like one of those freestanding bar, like machines that it would like fall over unless someone was standing on it. <laughs> um, and so he was. He suggested that I go to a CrossFit gym. He said, "Do you need to find one?" And that was at the time when really there was not a you know one on every corner. And so one day I found one in my neighborhood and decided to sign up. And I was scared. I remember I didn't sleep the night before. I was so nervous to go into the gym. I don't know. I think it's just you start, you you just kind of get into a routine. And I knew I loved it already because I'd been doing wads. It just felt right. I don't know how to explain it. It was like that whole like you just kind of click with the with the person you're there with. And it was a very small gym. We've since grown. But Mm. you know when you know. What I love so much about what you just said, Joy, is that you didn't sleep the night before because you you were so nervous. And you're like somebody you you had been doing it and you were fit. You've probably been involved in fitness and training for a really long time. Yet you still had those feelings going in. Oh, I was so nervous. I was so nervous. And it was I was at I did a 530 a.m class everyone who listens to the show knows that I'm an early riser and I do my wads at 5 30 a.m and so my first class at the gym was early and I just remember walk like getting up so early I was like how much time do I need to drive there and I want to make sure I have enough time to sign the waiver and like all those things wait wait Joy were you the person that arrived before the coach I I did a couple times but not that morning not that morning you're that member I know I'm kidding that's I hate I've coached 530 a.m. classes. I hate when everyone arrives before me. <laughs> you're like trying to open you you haven't got that cup of coffee yet and you're just no. like 
fidgeting with your keys and you're like, God damn it, Jerry, what yeah. the hell are you doing here? <laughs> like, why, why aren't you in bed? <laughs> yeah. So I was really nervous. I'll never forget it. I, I even remember what I wore, if you can imagine that. Like, like just one of those vivid burned in memories. So everyone who's out there listening that is nervous about trying CrossFit, you were totally in good company because we were all there. <laughs> Oh, it's so true, but it's still so, I think it's so important for like us as gym owners to always be able to like put ourselves back in those shoes because it's easy not to. It's so easy. And I think that, um, you know, not being a gym owner, but even seeing people walk in the gym and because our 530 AM class is so small, I know when someone is new. So they'll walk in and I'm like, hi, I'm Joy and introduce myself and make them feel welcome. Especially at that early, I'm always like, good for you for getting up and coming to class this this early. So I think it's just important that we, everyone listening to that, you know, remind yourself that I know sometimes we get set into that community for like kind of used to that routine. We get stuck in the routine where you don't really notice the new people coming in. I think it's really important that we make sure that we're welcoming and we're continuing to help the community grow, not just to go in and get a workout. It's like, how are you helping that community? Just like you would, you know, help a friendship grow or help a marriage grow. I think it's just as important. So I want to get back to like putting out content, putting yourself out there. Uh, Claire, you mentioned that you've had a blog for forever since high school. Yeah, I had a GeoCities. Oh my gosh! Dang. Really? Yeah, I I had I had my I started my first blog when I was like twelve <laughs> on GeoCities, and it's just caught up since then. That is, you know, having a GeoCities blog is the equivalent of like. I did CrossFit before Reebok, I would say. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, so, like, same badge of honor, totally. right? <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. So, I, would, I was blogging before it was called blogging. <laughs> have you ever had or experienced like the, a troll or negativity? Or like, have you ever had, like, when, when did you get your first troll, I guess, is what I'm asking? Oh, my gosh. I would say, so there was a brief period in my blogging life mm-hmm. where I was like Pinterest viral. Which is sort of like a weird thing to say, I don't but know why I'm laughing, Claire. But I just feel like <laughs> I can't imagine you having a troll. But go ahead. <laughs> yeah. Well, there have just been some people like okay, so there I posted this before and after of I did like 30 days in the zone diet. You know, it was like a 30 day before and after. I had really great results, and like 10,000 people have repinned my pin. Like it's there are a lot of people out in the world. Like I can't even think about how many people who know what I look like with almost no clothes on. <laughs> And, but at least it was the best I've ever looked with almost no clothes on, which is how I console myself there. I definitely had a lot of, not a lot, but like some people who were like really more, it was just like a maybe small handful of people who tried to kind of call me out for like just being attention seeking. And, um, that's probably the worst it's ever gotten, but it still kind of makes me like second guess, like, am I doing this for the right reasons? Like, does everybody secretly think that I'm just attention seeking? So it just kind of makes you doubt yourself. Mm. I've never had anybody who was like just outright mean. Right. We've had like some people who have said like not really nice things, but it's never been like just for the sake of being a dick. Are you each the type that just kind of let that roll off? Yeah. Well, here's the thing too, Matt, is I like knock on wood right now is we have the best community. Speaking of community, like we really don't have any mean girls in our group. <laughs> we'll occasionally get like, like I said, like sometimes people will get a like, hey, everyone has a right to their opinion, right? Everyone has a right to give us feedback. We ask for feedback. So it's not like we're like 
we only want nice feedback yeah <laughs> for the most part everyone's just so so nice and the only time we've ever felt negativity was like you know i can count on on one hand how many times that we had maybe some slightly negative comments or just a little pushback or what have you and that's fine i think that's I think gonna that... come with the territory yeah, but I I also think that like when you are being real and you're putting a lot of effort into something, like people recognize that and so they might not agree with you, but I think typically they at least will kind of realize like okay, you're at least being I freaking hate the word authentic, but like I think we do tend to come across as pretty authentic, which is it's pretty hard to argue with somebody who's like just you do you sort of thing. Yeah. And I think that's kind of how we always just present it to is we're not I, I, I think it's great if people want to be pushy and in the in your face with things, but we just aren't that way. It's just not our personalities. And so, you know, I think it doesn't open as many doors for people to come back at us and be like, rawr. But I do know even bloggers that are really like easygoing, they get a lot of crap. Just I don't like know. Like we I talked think, to Julie Bauer yeah. a lot and she's constantly talking about people who are just like well I first mean, of all people get pissed yeah. that like her stuff like if she ever does anything it's not like hundred percent paleo they freak out at her. Yeah, and I think it's just like as your audience grows, it's going to come with the territory. But I, I think overall, everyone's just been really great. And I think uh, we just choose to, it's like what you choose to focus on too. You know, we're just like, oh, well, whatever. If you don't like it, then you're not, you're not really supposed to be listening to our podcast then because we're really dorky. Yeah, we talked a couple of weeks ago, we talked about this example of a guy who left a review that was like, this podcast has no real information. It's just conversation one star. We were like, that's actually exactly what we're going for. Yeah. So like, five actually, stars. I, I'm going to consider that a five star review, sir. We have achieved our goal. <laughs> no, I think that's oh, I think that's awesome. So you talk about this like positive community that you have. Is that something that you feel like was intentionally cultivated? Or do you feel like this comes? I mean, Claire, I hate to drop the A word on you, but do you think this comes out of your authenticity? It's okay. I can handle the the. the <laughs> Joy can handle the authentic word. The word yeah. No, is, let me tell you. Yeah. Can I just tell you why I hate the word authentic? Two years I worked for a basically like a content marketing company that did exactly what 321 Go Project does, except for like people with like life coaching type of businesses. And so they were all of these like really hippy dippy people we worked with who were like every single program was about like finding your authentic self. And it just made me want to punch everyone. I would hate that too. Like I authentically want to punch you in the face. It's kind of like me right now with the buzzword being vulnerability. And I'm just like, okay, because I'm a therapist by day, Matt. And so I hear these buzzwords all the time. I'm like, I see the trends come and go. Just stop. Like everyone just stop trying to be vulnerable because it's a thing. (laughs) Do you know what, Claire? I I picture right now uh, at this at this market firm somebody probably had the job title of like chief vulnerability officer perhaps it would like- it would have been real close yeah if there was more than like two other people who worked there that would have absolutely been a thing it was ugh, it was bad but the, and there were people who we who were our clients would totally have called had called themselves something like that uh, <laughs> like uh-oh. chief transformational director <laughs> like, uh. but matt what was your question you said that of how we <laughs> how we created our community oh, i think it was organic we never really yeah. sat down and like, there have definitely been times where people have asked us like who's your audience and it, it that's a pretty easy thing to answer because you know we just but it's not because we ever like focused on certain demographics and we definitely have listeners who fall well out of the demographic of you know sort of like 25 to 45 year old women who do CrossFit or not do CrossFit, but we have plenty of people who don't do CrossFit. We have, you know, a handful of men. Hi, David. We have, you know, just hi, Crowley. Hi, Crowley. Does he listen? Oh, yeah, he does. He's a, oh, he's a Damien Lurker. Right he's <gasps> a Damien Lurker, but we'll be in our 530 a.m. class and he'll say something that references the podcast. And I'm like, oh, you. Oh, you. Oh, I don't know. So I think 
it does just come with being authentic, but it, <laughs> but it also, I think a little bit by default, because we are the only women who are in this space. So, you know, that also helps. <laughs> I also have to say, I have a choice. <laughs> but I, I have to say too, like, I, and I'm just, I, uh, I, I almost like want to shoot myself saying this, but it's just because we're Joy and we're Claire. Like, there's no one that's like me and there's no one that's like her. And I feel like the world just, the gods, the podcast gods put us together and like no one has our dynamic. And we just created this really fun world. And I think it just clicked and it just worked. And, and the best part is we're really humble. So <laughs> we're really humble. I think people just are so drawn to how humble we are. <laughs> Hashtag humble. <laughs> Hashtag so famous. Hashtag. I don't know if you know this, but Bob Harper did wish me happy birthday. So <laughs> I'm just saying. I feel I'm the gonna, humility. My father, the inventor of toaster strudel. Which I, I have to say, I'm sorry. Claire's dad really did invent celestial seasonings tea. So oh, I think. Stop. <laughs> yeah. John, hey, everybody. Uh, yeah. Oh, Lord. Oh, the other day, someone was like, if your dad invented celestial seasonings, why do you work? I was like, <laughs> that's a great question. One that I wish that I could ask myself. I was like, I wish. The answer to that question is that my dad's been divorced five times. Mm. Anyway, because I know. The daughter you know, of a tea man. <laughs> yes, but I do get free tea. But there's only so many times you can split your assets and like still ha- get to have kids who don't work. <laughs> so, okay, Matt, we've talked about ourselves this whole time, and I really, really want to hear your CrossFit testimonial and why you decided to open a gym. Okay, this is a good one. Uh, what uh, I may need to ask you what a CrossFit testimonial is. Okay, okay. So I'm not familiar with them. Yeah, so yeah. this is what we do for all of our guests is it's almost like you're you know standing up in front of church and saying how you found the how Lord. How you found Jesus, yeah. Except it's how you found the CrossFit. Oh, okay. I gotcha. So uh, I was in, I was really into the outdoors and mountain biking, which I picked up while living in Westcliff, Colorado. Which is so amazing, by the way, that my parents lived, Matt and I off, uh, before we started recording, found off out camera. that, off camera, uh, <laughs> found out that my parents live in the smallest town ever. And he was like, wait a minute, which town? And we realized he lived there for two years. Small world. So I, I grew up. I grew up in Kansas and moved out to Colorado, and, and really kind of fell in love with uh, outdoors and sort of like outdoor sports and mountain biking, climbing, and hiking, and all of that. And I kind of took that with me. And uh, several years after I moved to Missouri from Colorado, uh, I was mountain biking and got in a pretty bad accident and um, had to get uh, just a lot of issues with my with my collarbone and my shoulder got all messed up. And while I was in physical therapy, um, the the my physical therapist also was a weightlifting coach. So you know, weightlifting capital W, snatch and clean and jerk. And so my college roommate and I got really into weightlifting, and we were taking a a roof. So we would go to college uh, in the morning, and then in the afternoon, we essentially worked as day laborers to pay for school, and we would be on these construction like uh, tear down crews, right? And w- so uh, we were taking a, a roof off a house and remodeling this house and turns out that it was uh, Grant Wistrom's home. And, and Grant Wistrom, uh, for those of you that don't know, he played uh, football at the University of Nebraska, uh, then went on to play professional football and then ultimately opened uh, one of the first cross, he was an early affiliate, maybe first 100 or 200 in uh, Springfield. He opened CrossFit Springfield and he had a little uh, uh, garage gym set up there and we saw him working out in there and 
yeah, and so from there, this is like maybe 2006 or 2007. Uh, then we used to go to the public library and print off the CrossFit workout of the day and do it at the downtown YMCA. And yeah, so did that. Uh, That's amazing you would print it off. Yeah, That's like, I love that. Oh, yeah. Well, we didn't have uh, – so I was very late uh, adopter of technology. So I didn't – actually, I didn't get a smartphone till like 2000. 11 or 2012. Mm, you're one of those guys. Not intentionally. <laughs> I'm just out of it. So so we'd like print off like the little like printer paper and we'd take it there and and we'd try to figure out how to do handstand push-ups and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so we did that for a few years and then um, fast forward, I finished school, uh, graduated, got married and moved up here to Kansas City. Um, joined, a, joined my first affiliate uh, up here and, and uh, and then I started working in healthcare, and I, I had this moment. Uh, so I worked in long-term care. So I would, uh, you know, work on developing budgets for people's lives, essentially, which is a pretty miserable existence. Uh, to try and like do it like a cost-benefit analysis yes. on utilizing state funds for people's healthcare. And uh, so I had this experience where I was sitting across from a lady that was maybe 45 years old and she had just entered into the long-term healthcare system and she had depleted all of her assets and was now and now was on Medicaid. So now Medicaid was paying for her to be in this long-term care facility. And I had this like really weird moment where I realized that she was going to be right there for the rest of her life, that she would probably die in a facility like this. And, and really the reason for it was not because she had some uh, accident or, uh, you know, like became disabled through some sort of like trauma or something like that, but that it was simply she ignored her health for all 45 years of her life, you know, never moved, never thought about what she ate, um, you know, none of that. And, and because of that, she was unable to function independently in her home. And, and I realized that my sort of like hobby or my love of fitness and CrossFit and it is a solution to what this lady's problem was at that time. And, and from that point, it just became abundantly clear to me that, that CrossFit was the model to sort of solve uh, the issue that I was seeing every day. So you really come to it from like a uh, fitness, wellness, what is it, sickness, wellness, fitness? Continuum. The spectrum? Yeah. Continuum. Yeah, from the very beginning of opening my affiliate, I've considered myself more a part of healthcare than I am fitness. Uh, and that's just kind of, that's, yeah. And that's, I think, you know, if you think about it, not to interrupt you, but the, I don't know if you heard the interview with Julie Fouché and Greg Glassman, but that's more or less what he's saying. He's like, he's like the box represents health, wellness, and turning around our obesity problem and our health care issues. I mean, he sees the box as the place that that's happening. Beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's like, honestly, I, I, I have another podcast unrelated to 321 Go where I rant on this kind of stuff constantly. Okay, it, you have to tell us what it is. It's uh, Tonos Radio. Okay. T-O-N-O-S Radio. Um, my co-host is very, very smart, and I'm just kind of a jackass that interprets everything that she says. And <laughs> I go on like 10-minute rants about it. Um, but it, it, it's, it, it's honestly, it's really disturbing to me that, that we have this, this public health crisis in our country right now, and yet you know, millions of times a day, a physician sits across from a patient and says, 
Uh, you need to eat better. You need to move more. And nothing is changing. You know, those conversations are bullshit without something to back it up. And, and beyond a shadow of a doubt, the CrossFit affiliate uh, has all of the pieces necessary for habit change. There's other people, you know, you're changing, you know, within an interpersonal context. You know, you're living life next to other people. And that's how people change is with others. And, and to, I think to ignore that is, is a huge disservice to a lot of sick people. Would you say that that is like the, the biggest factor is doing that with other people? Or do you think that there's something else that CrossFit has that is able to kind of solve that, solve that problem? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I mean, think about this. You know, if, if you both know this, if somebody comes to you and they're, you know, morbidly obese, let's just say that they're like 80 pounds uh, overweight and they realize that I need to lose this 80 pounds for my health. Like we all know that it's probably going to be 18 months or two years before we're even knocking on the door of losing those 80 pounds. But I can like get that person excited about a push-up way sooner than I can get them excited about losing 80 pounds. Um, you know, this idea of like stepping in the door for one hour a day is much easier than having the conversation of like, all right, you need to do... Uh, meal prep. You need to pack your lunch every day. You need to eat more veggies. Yeah, of course, that's part of it. But it's much easier to develop that like habit of wellness by just walking in the door for an hour a day and then getting excited about a push-up and then getting excited about a double under. There's like all of these little benchmarks along the way, uh, you know, on the way of well of health. Do you ever think about, I'm sure you do, um, long-term of, of when you're doing either programming or planning that you're really thinking long-term and there's kind of a method to the madness. Um, I've recently thought a lot about this just overall with gyms of programming, but not really thinking long-term with the members of like, oh, I'm sure it's tempting to program like a lot of cardio maybe sometimes because people are complaining, but really I think of we need to make sure that we're building on things so that people can see progress even after they've done CrossFit for one or two years. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense. You know, I've always taken the approach that if it's not fun, people aren't coming back. Yeah. So first and foremost, if I can make that one hour fun, then I'll actually have people in the door as a part of this like responsible progressive overload program that I've written for them. So that's like number one. It, 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 if it's not, if they're not having a good time, they're not coming back. And that's a, as a programmer, that's a very delicate balance. Everybody wants to get strong, but getting strong is super boring. That's so true. And I think that we're stuck in a mentality, not to go off too far on a tangent, but um, on Chris Spieler's podcast, actually, recently interviewed this amazing, uh, I think she's a registered dietitian. And she was like, yeah, we're in this culture of, um, her name's Carrie Woodruff. Uh, some is good, more is better. And we are so stuck in a society that's like, we have to do more, 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 more. And speaking from personal experience right now, I'm going through this phase of just doing some and that more is not better and that more is actually detrimental. So I think that especially in CrossFit, having the mentality and having the reputation that it's so like balls to the wall, 100% all the time. I don't think if you're doing CrossFit and using it truly as it's meant to be programmed with building blocks and everything builds on top of each other. I think it, we can get in a trap of like, Oh, I got to go all out every single day. When if you just program an Ollie day, you should be really tired doing just Ollie and not having to just do like that whole crazy cardio and then do some squats and then do, you know what I mean? It's just, it's crazy. Hell yeah. 
So remind me, was it on your podcast that you were talking about Wendler? Am I yeah, mistaken? Yeah, Claire was talking about that. All right. So that's a perfect example of like everybody wants to get strong. Wendler is a great way to do it, and it is kind of boring. You know? <laughs> it's true. It's not sexy. There's nothing sexy about it. No. It, exactly. And so it's a weird, you know, I mean, you know, Joy, back to your question about programming is – there's that balance. Like everybody needs to get strong. There's just we can't like we can't get into middle age and uh, and growing old without strength. Like the it they're, they're just inseparable in my mind. But yet, how do you like you know almost trick people into doing the boring work of getting strong? You know, and that's where I think, in my opinion, that's where a good coach comes in. A good coach can make Wendler sexy. I wholeheartedly agree with that. I think there's something that came to mind when you were talking is just the why of everything and how when I'm looking at programming, I don't want people to look at programming anymore and cherry pick. I want you to look at it as there's a reason that my coach programmed this and it's a building block to something that's coming two or three months from now or, or whatever. Like a good coach, a good programmer is going to have that in mind. It's not just to like piss you off and do some running today. It's that, look, there's some things coming around that you need to be strong for or we need to build on. And so if you look at it, you know, not as every single day, are you going to do the what or not? It's like, look at it long term. And look at the why. You know, and to that point, Joy, uh, there's something that we started doing in my gym probably, uh, it's two years now that we've done it. And uh, before every single workout that we do in every single class, uh, the coach has to talk for two minutes about how that day's workout fits into the larger picture of what we're doing. And oh, that's uh, perfect. And, and through that process, uh, our attendance has doubled over the course of two years, like percentage of people uh, engaging and uh, our retention, uh, our length of engagement, the number of months that people remain a member at our gym has almost tripled at this point. Yeah. One little change. It just brings so much more purpose and meaning behind what we're doing every day. And I love that it's, uh, at least for me, I'm really, I'm really finally getting it. Uh, it took me a while, and I don't know if everyone's kind of in that same mentality, but I just feel like it's so important for us to know that, especially when we're doing something so good for our bodies, but also it's like, oh, but I don't feel like doing that today. I'm going to cherry pick that water, whatever. It's like if you can consider the big picture, I think it will be so much better. And even that, in my opinion, that emotional experience of like surrendering to a process, even if it's like, even if that wad for that day is just like, complete BS and it doesn't fit in anywhere. Uh, I think that there's a lot to be said about that practice of like, okay, I'm going to like today, I'm just going to go in and I'm going to do what's written. I'm going to engage in the process. I think emotionally that's just as fulfilling as like even the physical benefits. Yeah. Claire, did you just freak out when he said that? <laughs> that's saying. right. I'm, I'm hanging in there. <laughs> Claire, Claire doesn't like emotions. No, I'm kidding. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm, no, I'm totally okay. kidding. I, I think, no, but I, I like that a lot. And I think that's a, like one thing that we talked a lot about. And one thing, like we talked to Nicole Christensen about this that conversation comes to mind. She was just is, on your podcast, Matt, right? Yeah, she was. She's yeah. awesome. She's I love her. Awesome. And it's talking about like, you know, the, the CrossFitter who maybe has been in the door for like a year or you know six months and it's like I want more and so they go out and they try to find their own programming and all of a sudden they're just bouncing around you know they do a program for maybe a month and they're like oh I'm not getting results from this program I'm gonna go to this program and they do that program for a month oh I'm not getting results from this program I'm gonna go to that program and you don't end up ever getting any results because you don't wait to let your body actually get used to what you're doing 
And there's so much value in just like, just show up. General physical preparedness is what we're going for. You know, unless you're trying to get to the games, you probably don't need any like specialized training. It's not sexy. You're not going to always agree or love the workout or think that like, you know, that particular workout might not always fit within what your goal happens to be for that season. But just freaking show up and stop. That's like kind of the whole point of CrossFit is like leave the thinking to somebody else. Show up for that hour out of the day, turn off your brain and just enjoy yourself. Ladies, may I ask you each a question? You talked about like this experience of being one of the few women in this space, like speaking to CrossFit. Uh, so I'm kind of curious as to what that experience has been like. And, and even especially as like a, uh, a female coach in, in like the CrossFit class, like how, how would you summarize that experience? I think that's kind of a hard question to answer because we don't have anything to compare it to. L- okay, let me let me try to correct this. So so my the coaches that I have at my gym that are women, they talk they identify like the dudes in class that are obviously like overtly disrespectful to them coaching them because they're women. Hmm, that happens. I see what you're saying. Does, I have okay. had that happen. Yeah. Okay. I've had that happen where I have definitely felt like someone maybe not overtly disrespecting me because the gym that I coached at was a very you know, had a very, very tight community, but I definitely have been in situations where I have felt like I was not the advice I was giving I was giving was not being received in the same way that it would if, you know, my male coaching counterpart would have given that same advice. And I think part of that comes from the fact that, you know, I'm not an advanced, you know, not a super advanced CrossFitter. I'm not super strong. And so some people are thinking like, well, you can't lift this weight. What are you doing trying to coach me lifting this weight? Which I can, I kind of think might happen whether or not you're a a chick, but probably is more likely to happen to a female. But I think in terms of like this podcast and being kind of the only women in this space, one thing that kind of frustrates me is sometimes when I see like, I'll see a comment somewhere that's like, oh my gosh, we just need girls to talk about this. And I'm like, we are talking about this. Mm -hmm. And you know, oh, we just need like a female opinion. Like, there are female opinions out there. I think that there can be some hesitation. The stuff we're talking about is not groundbreaking. We're not like running up and down the streets, like making a big deal out of the fact that we are women who lift weights and who, you know, and like it used to feel groundbreaking to see women who were doing that. And I think the beauty of it is that it no longer is groundbreaking to have women who are muscular and to have women who want to lift weights and to have women who don't just, you know, want to be skinny. And it's almost like that, you know, kind of strong as the new skinny phase. We're almost like post strong as the new skinny. And it's like, yeah, what? like that's not news anymore. Yeah. And that's definitely empowering. And I think sometimes it can be frustrating to feel like there is this kind of expectation that people have of like, well, you're a, like a female podcast. You should be upset about these certain things. You should be like, you know, really like doing this call to arms. And it's like, no, like we're just here just like anybody else. Women, you know, have a lot of the same needs or it's not a big deal, I guess, is kind of how I feel about it, where it's I, like, I go ahead, Dre. No, the times that I kind of feel it is, you know, with, we're one of the few female CrossFit podcasts that I guess I should say that really cover the, the things the way we cover it. <laughs> we're very unique. You know, we're very much a lifestyle, personal diary, personal journal type of podcast that's talking about CrossFit. And then we sprinkle in really good experts here and there. So it's kind of all over the board. But there's times when I feel that we're overlooked because we are female. I know that sounds really out there, but there's been times that we've reached out to guests and it's like crickets, crickets, and then we'll see them on an, a mail show. And we're yeah, like, that's a really good it's point. Really frustrating, really mm. frustrating, and that's happened more times than I care 
to wish that that ever happened and blatant blatant ignoring us and then all of a sudden the next week they're on a male podcast and we're like what the f this is so ridiculous and so i don't know if there's anything behind that if i just like i get salty really easily when people blow us off because i'm like we don't need you but (laughs) but on some level it's like that is that a thing is it because we're the female podcast and we're just not as popular or I, who knows but the other thing i want to add too is um it's totally unrelated in terms of someone taking feedback but sometimes as a female in the gym not necessarily related to coaching but there's times when i will feel very offended by what's being said in the gym and i I'm a very, I'm fairly like knee jerky when it comes to statements about women's bodies or, you know, someone saying like, I don't know, anything derogatory that even could be picked up slightly as derogatory towards women. Like I'm still hearing like the snatch jokes in the gym or like, you know, whatever, like play on words because everything's a play on words with CrossFit. But I'm so over that. There's there's times that I just want to be like, shut up. It's not funny anymore. Or, you know, things like bro jokes. And I hate to kind of generalize it that way. But there's times when that does happen. And I will, out of discomfort, I will laugh because that's my go-to. But at the inside, I'm like, I really don't think that's funny. And there's times when I don't hear that from women. I, I will just say that. I don't hear women doing that. I hear that a lot from men. So I just... I think that's where I feel it the most, where I just want to like punch him in the face. I'm like, okay, the snatch jokes, I'm over it. Or the whatever jokes, I'm over it. I think that there's a feeling amongst gym owners that if they take this like action to sort of squash that shit, that there'll be blowback. I think the opposite may be true. I think that like we've talked about like building this tribe in this community that when you squash it, I, I get the impression that people will almost rally behind that sort of knock it off, like be respectful. I mean, there was actually a time when I heard some dude say the C word and I actually I lost it. And I, I went up to <laughs> I went up to another girl and I was like, I am so mad right now because I didn't have the balls to go up to him and be like, that was really rude. Like, I don't care what you say yeah. around your dudes, but and she actually she's so badass i just love this girl and she's a she's a um, nurse practitioner and so she like went up to them and she was like just so you know that word is actually means empowerment (laughs) (laughs) that's actually a really empowering word so however you're using it you should not use it in a a derogatory way but anyway like things like that that i just I, i have zero tolerance for i i am all for humor i am all for being silly but when it comes to stuff like that i'm just not I'm just not there. It's like grow up. Your perspective is is hugely valuable. Like I love to kind of hear what that experience was like for you and I, I don't know. I think for us as gym owners, we tend to not see those things happening because there are other things going on in our lives. But to to know that it's going is, is in my opinion, wildly valuable. Yeah. And I mean, I don't mean to sound all serious and like grouchy, but anyway, it's just, it's just, <laughs> one of, I mean, I, like I said, I'm all for humor, but when it comes to stuff like that, I'm like, nope, nope. So, okay. I think we're running short on time. Is there anything lastly, Matt, that we want to cover that you want to plug and vice versa? Uh, you know, no, I think we covered everything that I was wanting to hit on. Um, you know, I, I, I really appreciate you guys providing this example of the, of the gym owners, you know, putting, putting themselves out there, putting content out there and, and cultivating a, a community, I think is just going to be hugely valuable. Yeah. I really hope it's helpful. I just think if anything in life, you just have, you do have to step outside of your comfort zone. I think gym owners, especially you're doing a million things at once. Don't be afraid to delegate. Um, again, I'm not speaking from experience, just from what I know and from all the gym owners I do know is to 
you can't do it alone. And so it's okay to ask for help. I wish, I wish gym owners would kind of enlist the help of their members more often. I, I almost wonder that you guys feel guilty because it's like, well, they're paying to come here. I don't want to ask people to help me, but I, it's like, I'm always up for helping or, you know, even putting content out there and doing social media. It's like, I'm sure that's just like, you know, one more thing that you have to deal with. But I just say like anything in life, you just have to start doing it and it gets easier. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I appreciate that. All right. So Matt, where can everyone find you and your podcasts? Yeah. So, uh, three, two, one go podcast as the, the podcast I do for three, two, one go project. And then, uh, Tonos radio is the other one. And it's all just, um, related to health, fitness, exercise, programming. Um, so what we do is we we pick out a piece of clickbait every week and then talk shit on it. Amazing. <laughs> I would love yep. it. I can't wait to check that one out. I listen to podcasts 24-7, so I'll definitely have to check that yeah. out. And as always, our listeners can find us at girlsgonewadpodcast.com. We're on social media everywhere at Girls Gone Wild Podcast, and we also do Snapchat at GGW Podcast, which is really fun. I snapped twice today, guys. You did. I'm really proud of you. <laughs> Claire I saw that I know it's mostly boring me and everyone has to watch me walk and then occasionally when I connect to wi-fi because I have no date I have my data plan sucks I'm on like (laughs) the poor kids data plan (sighs) all right guys all right Matt we'll stay on the line and we'll catch everyone later and have a great week Bye. Bye. bye